All right, welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan, sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. Be sure to follow us on social media, on Twitter and Facebook. Smash that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and a great review. And uh, be sure to make sure you follow us on Spotify, and we'll keep updating you with new content for Miserable and Reckless every single week. All right, moving into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Morgan, kick things off for you. Sounds like you've got a screaming child in the background. I do. I do. Welcome to the party, Bridget. Uh, regardless of her crying, I'm actually going to go good, great, and awesome. Uh, being in Fourth of July weekend, we can't have any, any miserableness going on whatsoever, man. Um, my good is work is bestowed upon me to be in charge of all the rates of the entire company, updating them. Uh, keeping them flowing magically perfect every week, which is awesome. Um, Congrats, dude. Thank you, man. Uh, Great is uh, Brody finally enjoyed riding on his tricycle. He loves it. He last two nights we get home today to get home from work daycare. He's just excited to hop on it and ride around it for a little bit. So I'm excited about that. And awesome is Bridget finally got over waking up every hour on the hour and was sleeping throughout the night for the last four nights until just recently and had no idea why she's crying right now. And, until we hit record. And then she was like, nope, no more. So if I have to leave, you know why. <laughs> so You're I'll running much, I'll, I'll He's going out to get milk and cigarettes and we'll never hear from him again. <laughs> Another J Mike's run. <laughs> I'll take right. that it, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ryan. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, all right. My good. <laughs> Last week, my good or my bad was Delaware. Actually, this week, my good is Delaware. Um, and the reason why I'm saying Delaware is because I got a chance to uh, take a couple shots at the first day last week. But this week, I got to see my niece and meet my nephew for the first time. Um, I have yet to meet uh, Morgan's youngest, and I have yet to meet Emmy. So I'm looking forward to hopefully doing that in the future. But it's been a while since uh, my nephew's been born, and I got a chance to finally see him, and that was very exciting. And man, oh, man, is it cool to watch kids grow up when you're not the father? Um, and you're just <laughs> because I hear it because I haven't seen my niece um, in about 15 months, uh, just related to everything with all of this. And man, is she a handful? So uh, literally, if she wants to be picked up and be a handful, she just says uppies at you and then just sticks out her hands like she needs you to pick her up, which I think is actually <laughs> very cute. If it wasn't happening to me 50 times a day, then or if it was, I probably would be a little less cute but that was a very fun experience over the weekend um and uh i think it's a good thing just to get back together with people it's it's nice to i'm a a bit of an extrovert so it's nice to see people face to face and kind of refill that bucket a little bit um my bad i this is a a something that will keep the theme going of delaware but um me me and my wife put together a desk which i'm proud to say i'm now officially podcasting from the bad part is me and my wife put together a desk um, if you've ever seen a stand-up, stand-up comedian, um, I'm sure that they've probably got a joke. 
I'm sure that they've probably done a joke about uh, uh, about helping your wife put together furniture, helping your wife do something. And it's funny because we have different ways of going about doing it. I'm not here to drag her. It's more just the idea of like, all right, it, if you ever want to find out how bad your communication is with your wife, even if you think you're doing a stellar job, just try and like move something in your house or put it together or lift it over her head while she's underneath or vice versa or, you know, set it down on each other's fingers or... <laughs> It wasn't that bad, but I found it pretty funny. So, and then the uh, the unsure thing that I'll say that was kind of interesting and actually happened today. Um, I just saw do a good, bad, and the unsure is uh, as some of you guys know in the past, and I've kind of taken this line on the podcast in the past. Uh, some of the things that's been interesting to me is finding people that like work for their dads or go into their dad's line of business. And uh, my company actually got sold today, and my my dad did help to start the company. So it's been something that's been in our family uh, and my life for a very, very, very long time. And it was a very interesting uh, thing at the age of 37 to kind of have something uh, that's been with you for so long kind of go away. Um, it doesn't mean that it just means a transition and we'll go towards something else. So I think everything happens for a reason. That's a chance for me to look on the silver side or the positive side of things. And I think everything happens for a reason. And I'm not too worried, not because I got a silver spoon in my mouth, but because I think it'll be okay on the other side and it's a new opportunity. But it is a little it is a little weird when something that you've known for this long goes away. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, so that's my good, bad, and the unsure. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, Dustin. Good, the bad, and the ugly. All right. Good. I uh, sent it to y'all this week, Trey Gowdy former South Carolina congressman and prosecutor prior to that, uh, recently made the comment that the greatest athlete of his time was none other than the nature boy, Rick Flair. Woo! 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 And he, he said, he said that even over Michael Jordan and all of the other folks who came during that time, Rick Flair is number one. I love it. What a great pick. He also said that if you uh, want to be great at comms, just go back and study old Ric Flair tapes. And he was like, all he does, he's like, he never answers the question, but he makes you feel good. He says your name over and over. He's like, just go back and study Ric Flair and you'll be a master at communicating. And uh, he said that he actually sits down and makes his wife sit there and watch old Ric Flair videos with him, which I thought was amazing. In the words of the nature boy, if you don't like it, you better learn to love it. Woo! <laughs> I just thought it was incredible. What a great little like nugget that I found. I think Rick Flair actually shared it. It's how I saw it. <laughs> uh, other good America's birthday this weekend. I cannot be excited. Fireworks, cold beer, and freedom. It's really what this country's all about. Um, ugly College World Series. I'm not going to get into it because we're going to dive into that a little bit, bit later, but it was a mess. My uh, good coming out of that, though, is at least Mississippi State won. Hail State. They did not only win, they it was a slaughter. Not nothing. I think humanity had like one hit. Um, I don't know. I was cheering for them, and I'm was happy to see them do it. Um, mm. Also, an interesting... Karma. Yeah. Karma's a B. Karma's a B. And... <laughs> Uh, you know, they'd been there, what, 11 times? Finally got that ring. First team championship ever for the for Mississippi State. 
And uh, the bar across the street apparently was keeping track of uh, jello shots taken by team. And Mississippi State had like t- over 2,000, and no other school had more than like 50. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it sounds like we should be going down to uh, Starkville. Party with those guys. And guess guess who's going and makes a football trip to Starkville this year? NC State. Well, Pat, all right, yeah. let's do it. Hey, uh, and you know, it is their first team sport. There are only two teams left in the Power Five that don't have a team national championship. Does anyone know who they are? NC State. Do who? NC State. Mm-mm. We have uh, two national titles. Basketball. Oh, I th- sorry. I no, said in, in history. Ever. Yeah, ever. Hmm. Rutgers. Gee. <laughs> Gee, I know where this one's going. Virginia Tech. Sorry, Morgan. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Kansas State. Oh, really? Yeah. Only two teams left because Mississippi State was in that group until the College World Series. I did not know that. It'll be a cold day in hell before Tech probably ever wins one. Can we take a second to crap on K-State for their TikTok video this week? Did you guys oh, see Oh, gosh, this? yes. That was I'm, – I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> I didn't see it. Go ahead. Because you're about to do it anyways. <laughs> Yeah, so that was I have uh, that's one of my bads actually this week. Uh, I'll I'll lead off with it. So the K State football program, I saw it because Barstool Sports tweeted. They said, and I quote, "Shut the program down now and start over," (laughs) because all the K State football players you have them with their trendy haircuts, bunch of pretty boys. They look more like lacrosse players than football players. They're sitting there doing a TikTok dance and mouthing the words to a Justin Bieber song. I'm sorry. I agree with Barstool. Shut the football program down. Down. That was abysmal. So that's bad. Um, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> one Google good. It. Google yeah, it. Google it. Trust me. You ain't gonna want to miss this. It's it's cringy. Uh, one good last night. I got to meet uh, my buddy Chase and his wife Melissa's uh, brand new month and a half year old son or month and a half old son. And uh, we went to dinner with them out in Clayton. That was a good time. Baby, you know, behaved pretty well for being that young at the restaurant. Got a little fussy towards the end, but, you know, it was a cute little kid. So it was kind of cool uh, meeting their son. And um, it, he's the first one of our, like, friend group from college and everything to have a kid. So it's kind of a, it's kind of uncharted territory for everybody, but that was fun. Um, another good would be shout out to Mississippi State for uh, when they hit one of the home runs in that slaughter the other night. The guy rounded first base and threw up the Wolfpack sign. So, shout out, Hell State. Congrats on the national title. All right. Yeah. Moving into our weekend update slash look ahead. Um, as we just said, the College World Series concluded with Vanderbilt winning the first game, but then dropping the next two to Mississippi State. Did, any, did you guys watch any of that? Any of that series? Just game three. Game three. Yeah. 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 I was I was mostly interested in the actual ending, not so much the yeah same here. <laughs> build up to it. <laughs> same here. But I'm happy for Mississippi State. They're they're a school that has a lot in common culturally. They're a land grant university with NC State. Um, they, on their barstool Miss uh, Hell State account, they put in parentheses NC State West since we got bounced from the tournament. But more on that later. But happy to see it. Um. Uh, I know, Angle, you have a talking point about the College World Series in here in the notes. Yeah, and I'm, you caught me doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the conferences. Um, can, I, can I bring up another talking point that I saw that I thought was hysterical that I, I also think people should Google? Um, I believe it was a Mississippi State guy that hit a bomb off of the Vanderbilt guy in game two, 
and I may have it backwards. It may have been the Mississippi State pitcher and a Vanderbilt guy, but I saw this uh, the day after as the bomb went out of the it's court, one or the other. So the pitcher, the pitcher, it doesn't it doesn't really matter about the team. Trust me, the pitcher it got hit so hard that the left fielder didn't move. And the pitcher turned around and waved at the ball and then asked for the new ball before it even crossed the, the fence. <laughs> I thought it was there. I watched it, it like was, four times. <laughs> it was a Mississippi State pitcher who did that. It was pretty funny. <laughs> he just he knew it was gone. Um, and speaking of Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, those are the two teams from the SEC. Um, there was one team from the Big 12 in Texas who beat the second team from the ACC, which is Virginia. And obviously – the team that made it to the final four and played well is NC state. The reason I bring this up is because I know everyone's sick of this joke. It's not a joke anymore. We talked about the South, which are clearly better. There were no teams outside of the South in the college baseball tournament. So I'm sorry, America, we're just covering sports and we're just giving you the facts. Sorry, big 10, sorry, Midwest, Texas, NC state, Mississippi state, Vanderbilt. Kind of sounds to me like the college football playoff. Hey, that shit happens. Facts don't care about feelings. <laughs> so that was my point. Sorry. <laughs> beating, beating that dead horse. <laughs> no, nah, I well, mean, it's over with. Yeah, it's well, over it's with. It's not quite over with. After this episode, it's over with. <laughs> well, <laughs> but anyways, enough of the College World Series. We'll have some more about that coming up here shortly in the program. All right, give us the NASCAR update, Ryan. All right. 30 seconds. That's fine. We have a race, Ten. Road America. Nine. First race Eight. ever. For a racing guy, you're, you're pretty out on this. It's in I'm Plymouth, kidding. Wisconsin. So I'll give the Midwest some love. It's in Plymouth, Wisconsin. Curious fact, they're the home of Sargento cheese. It's the only cheese allowed at the racetrack. That's a true story. Um, it's halfway between Milwaukee and Green Bay. Uh, Parker Johns is the famous attraction here. I know we have some barbecue fans on the uh, podcast that listened to us. They smoked 500, 500 pounds of brisket and pork overnight, each night, um, Thursday through Sunday on Hickory Wood. If I can't convince you to watch last week's three turns, perhaps 14 this weekend will work. Um, uh, if I can't, then maybe you'll watch for a sighting of a gearbox melt. This is a three-quarter pound burger stuffed in a grilled cheese. So again, uh, Midwestern track here, but they got some solid food. And as usual, it's a road course. So my old refrain of Chase, MTJ, and Denny Hamlin are your top three. So I almost can guarantee that unless they wreck. So it's a road course. It's the first time ever in Wisconsin. So Midwest, NASCAR is giving you some love, and you and apparently you return the favor with a bunch of really great food. So 29 and 30. Awesome. All right, time to move into minor league baseball. <laughs> <laughs> all right just uh basically everybody's team is right where they were last week nothing's really changed much but i know that we have some interesting facts here so take it away on that so you guys yeah, well <laughs> yeah well uh the tide delivered last week taking five of six from uh the stripers including on the office night still not sure if they had the chili or not but uh, I hope they did. Um, so it looks like that helped us a little bit in the standings. I don't know. We're, we're creeping close to 500. And by close, I mean we're a lot closer than we were. I don't mean that we're actually close to 500. Um, so, yeah, I am happy about that. Won the Brother Series. I'm sure there'll be another one later in the season that we can put something down on. 
All right. Well, um, we had touched on this briefly, but some of this I didn't know. This was when it comes to the Gwinnett Stripers. Everybody, uh, we talked about last time how they used to be the Richmond Braves for a long time, but then they ended up moving to Gwinnett. And they changed their name in 2018 because, you know, they, they're so close to the Braves. It's, uh, I was told, and this is a little bit offensive as a younger brother, I have to say, that they, did, they didn't want to be the team with, that the little brother playing with in the big brother's backyard. So to differentiate a little bit, they became the Gwinnett Stripers. Makes sense. I get it. <laughs> but yeah. It's funny that the big brother's team took five of six from the little brother's team. And then the fact of the week is, we don't want to be the little brother, so we changed our name. <laughs> yeah, and just so that our listeners know, I'm just reading what I'm 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 fed off the teleprompter. I didn't prepare these things. I was set up. <laughs> and that is your that is your weekend sports update. All right, moving into the Southern Spotlight. Enough of this big brother, little brother shit. Uh, Ryan, it's your week. What you got? All right, so I'm going to highlight a specific Southern business. And the reason I'm going to highlight this is because this is a, uh, at least two of Miserable and Reckless have been here and we enjoyed the hell out of ourselves, although albeit briefly because some of us were cold and tired and grumpy and et cetera. Um, that being said, my business this week is the Raleigh Hotel. It's in the Southeast section of Miami Beach, Florida. It's an Art Deco building. Um, it's what, opened in 1940. So it's kind of right in that time frame. Also very convenient. Uh, Fourth of July reference here because it's at 1775 Collins Avenue, not 1776. But um, it did close in 2017 for a little while during the hurricane damage. Um, thankfully, Miserable and Reckless was able to get there ahead of time uh, before this closed in 2017. However, um, it was purchased, in, uh, sorry, when we were there, it was actually owned by Tommy Hilfiger's group. So that's a little interesting fact for you. Um, Anyways, it's on the Miami Beach Historic Preservation Society, which is important because it allows them to basically rebuild um, if another group comes in and takes over for it. So even though it's currently closed, there's an ownership group that came in last year and they've been rebuilding it through the pandemic. And it was due to reopen, if I understand correctly, in the fall. Um, I'll encourage people to go online or maybe I can come up with a list of the Southern Spotlights and we can kind of put them out so people can get a better idea of what we're talking about. But basically, excuse me, it's an over-the-top place that's a boutique hotel. Um, and from back in the day, basically, uh, if you walk out to the iconic pool, um, the Rat Pack, I had to think about that for a second, um, used to sit out there. Um, obviously, uh, Anthony Bourdain is known for staying there when he did multiple trips to Miami and South Beach. It's one of his hotels that he um, highlights like universally um he had a residence there for a period of time when he was spending some time away from new york um they're basically known for their polished stone in each of the rooms the lobby has a bunch of recessed neon which is just straight up the miami art deco um thing and it's just it's a really iconic pool um i've got pictures and i think even a video when we went there typical miserable and reckless story um i believe we tried well i did i'll take credit for this tried to order the most expensive thing for shots that we could on the menu and then not realizing that some of our friends didn't understand how you were supposed to sip uh, expensive whiskey. I think some of them were thrown back to shots. So that was by far the most expensive bar tab I've had in a very long time, but it was a good experience. It's a good memory. And for those um, that are going to be in the ocean or South beach area, um, the Raleigh hotel is a really classic iconic hotel. 
And uh, it's definitely something that I wanted to recommend and especially if it's reopening. So check it out, the Raleigh Hotel in South Beach, Miami, 1775 Collins Avenue. It's pretty cool that they have a barber shop. Oh yeah. Like that's like, I don't know. That's just like kind of almost a throwback kind of thing. Cause it seems like there aren't a whole lot of like old school barbershops left. I don't know if it's an old school one, but just having a barbershop at the hotel is pretty, pretty sick. I showed the guys the, in, the inside like cocktail bar and the, and the barbershop briefly, but obviously we didn't go in. So. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's, it's too high end for, for us, especially that day. <laughs> we were coming from the beach where we were yelling at tourists more or less. <laughs> oh my god yeah. tours yelling at tours <laughs> we we belonged in either uh panama city or fort lauderdale not at the raleigh in south beach <laughs> thankfully it just rained so it flushed everybody out of the pool so they were happy to, <laughs> they were happy to just entertain the what was it four or five of us yeah it was four of us i'm sure we were not in dress code that's for damn sure thank god yeah. <laughs> it worked out. I, I regret, I regret not going on that. Area. I regret not going on that trip. Yeah, I wasn't gonna bring up who was there. I was gonna keep names to a minimum. I'll just say that we had a good time in Miami, and the Raleigh was a good place to go. Hopefully, Morgan, if we go back, you can check it out. All right, that, that's this week's Southern Spotlight. As we all know, we just said, you know, it's July 4th weekend and, you know, 1776, America, the greatest country on earth. Dustin, introduce our next topic. Absolutely. So, 4th of July, right around the corner. America's birthday, like I said, beer, freedom, the flag, all that good stuff. It's coming. We got to get ready for it. So, we thought, what's more American? And arguing over what's more American. Seriously, that's that's literally what we said when we decided to do this. So we have this draft. We did not come up with the draft, but we're going to use it because that way it'll be more fun for us to pick at one another about. Courtesy of Barstool Sports. It's five uh, areas that you have to pick from. Person, food item, song, landmark, and miscellaneous. So. I'm going to start with people. I'm going to name them out. And I want us to go around the horn and, and see who picks who. So the five people are Michael Jordan, John F. Kennedy, Hugh Hefner, Hulk Hogan, and Forrest Gump. Not a real person, by the way. <laughs> so just in case America was wondering. All right, let's kick it around. Angle. I'm taking Michael Jordan because I have a very shocker. shocker. Next. Because I have a very specific reason you'll see at the end why I'm picking Michael Jordan. My first album. We know. No, my first (laughs) album. John F. Kennedy. But go ahead, Michael Jordan. There's a specific reason why I'm doing this. I almost skipped you for that reason, but I thought (laughs) maybe he'll surprise me. (laughs) Anyway. That's why I didn't put it in the thread. Morgan, what do you got? I had a tough one with this one. It came down to two people, but you know, I gotta go with John F. Kennedy. He's okay. uh yeah, I, I was gonna go Forrest Gump, because you know Forrest Gump is about as American as warm apple pie, you know. But just uh 
as, as a president, as John F. Kennedy, the things he tried to do to bring this country together as a, as a whole, you know, white, black, male, female. Um, he just, he's probably one of the researching presidents back in high school and college when I was a history major. He was probably my favorite president to, uh, to read about. Hey, John F. Kennedy. Hey. He he set us on the course of the moon. So we got. Hey, we got you know what? He, he ain't Republican, and that's all right. So could be work. Could be work worse. Could be could be better. Hey, he's from Massachusetts. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as as we sit here on a Southern podcast, Logan. <laughs> that's why I said it. <laughs> all right. So for me, uh, I was hoping he'd still be on the board, but it's pretty simple. So let me tell you something, brother. When this man was sitting there at the Pontiac Silverdome in front of 93,000 screaming Hulkamaniacs and he lifted Andre the Giant sw- slammed him down to the mat. So what you gonna do when Hulkamania runs wild on you? Hulk Hogan, easily. Hands down. <laughs> yes. It's absolutely the right choice, which sucks because now I gotta pick from either Hugh Hefner or Forrest Gump. Um, for sake of uh, my wife and my marriage, I'm going to go with Forrest Gump. <laughs> I'm going to pick the uh, and and that goes many ways on that one. It's her favorite movie, and I'm also not going to pick the Playboy founder. And <laughs> so, pretty simple on my end. Wait, are we going to have a pick if somebody else picks? That how it works? It's a draft, right? Oh, all right. Well then. Interesting. All right, that's fine. Switch the rules up. I I thought that was the rule. Just call us the NCAA. (laughs) (laughs) Foreshadow. Hey, look, we can also switch the rules however we want because we make the rules, kind of like the NCAA. So if we want to build our ultimate team instead of building our – having to pick between it. Yeah, I overthought it and I had a theme. (laughs) No. You can fill us in your theme at the end. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. Food item. We got five. We got cheeseburger, pizza, s'mores, apple pie, and hot dog. Morgan, this time you got to go first. Oh, joyful. <laughs> um, s'mores, man. Ooh, all right. S'mores, buddy. I mean, hot summer day. Right before fireworks about to go off Fourth of July weekend, fire up it, you know, fire pit, get uh, marshmallows out, graham crackers, and make yourself some s'mores, man. S'more what? I haven't had anything yet. <laughs> You're killing me, s'mores. Uh, all right, s'mores. I like to pick. Going to Logan this time. It's pretty easy, um. I, it's not necessarily my favorite food that's on here, but the graphic, just so everybody knows, has El Presidente Dave Portnoy on that, who, uh, you know, one of my favorite personalities to follow. One bite, everybody knows the rules is pizza. <laughs> that's, good, that's a good Italian now. Yeah, what's, what's more American than pizza? <laughs> I had pizza tonight, for the record. I did too, actually. All right. So that leaves cheeseburger, apple pie, and hot dogs. First of all, apple pie sucks. I'm sorry. I don't care if it's an American thing. Apple pie is terrible. I don't that's think it's terrible. Good. I don't understand how that say that's some that's the big apple lobby that came up with those American is apple pie. That's all that yeah. Is. I don't get an apple pie either. So 
So I'm out on that. That leaves Mr. Meat. Not my pie. (laughs) That leaves mystery meat or cheeseburgers. Obviously, I'm going cheeseburgers. What's more American than getting a triple stack stuff running all out of it? Heart attack in a in a wrapper burger and eating it. I there's there's nothing better than that. So I'm going cheeseburger. That's the ultimate ultimate item. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Normally I would agree with you, Dustin, and I would have gone cheeseburger because I even told people to watch NASCAR race because of the cheeseburgers. Grilled cheese with a burger. However, I do have to disagree based on my theme. I'm glad it's still on the board here. And it's hot dogs. Because 4th of July, the world watches as Americans shove their faces with as many hot dogs as physically possible. What is more American than gluttony? Hot dog. All right. Hot dogs. <laughs> I mean, I hear you. I hear you. It's a good, it's a good uh, framing of it, but cheeseburger is still better. All right. <laughs> Next one, we got song. It's Party in the USA. Born in the USA, living in America, America the Beautiful, and American Girl. Guys, as you can see, there's a little theme here in the American draft. Um, Logan, song, you get to go first. Yeah, so this is tough because I know what I want to pick, but at the same time, like I'm going to pick a song that I really never hear unless I'm watching Rocky Four, and it's just such an awesome scene when Apollo Creed is about to fight Ivan Drago. Living in America. That's that's the number one sneaky choice off the board, in my opinion. And I even said that earlier this week. <laughs> it's not overplayed for sure. Oh, I love that song. I think it's great. Um, all right. So that leaves. Now I got to choose because I was going to pick Living in America. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought I had a pretty good shot of getting what I want in this. All right, so born in the USA is not really a super American song for the record. No, not uh, everyone loves to play that, but it's not. Very, very far from it, actually. Yeah, people don't yeah. listen to anything but the hook of the song, and they're like, yeah, I'm just like, you're yeah. really listening. You yeah, you're not really listening though, to might, the words. He's like, you might really want to read what that song's about, buddy. Party <laughs> <laughs> in the USA is awesome. I love that. <laughs> Me and Andy Harney, Harney love that song. American Beautiful, classic. But I'm a Tom Petty man. You know, I'm going with American Girl in this scenario. So that's what I'm going for. Angle. Damn, I Great. had to go last. That leaves my uh, bombastic American around the world theme going. Born in the USA. Americans are not interested in listening to the lyrics. They're not interested in thinking hard about things. They're just interested in blaring something from their boat as they leave the harbor screaming about how much alcohol Malibu rum they drank. Nobody cares. Born in the USA, Springsteen, the boss, bombastic American team. Here we go. Happy Fourth of July, everyone. To recap, that's Michael Jordan. That is, uh, what else did I take? Nobody cares. And born in the USA. (laughs) It's not a bad team. Morgan, what do you got? Thank God. Now y'all picked this one. I'm going to go with Ray, MF, and Charles. America the Beautiful. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, you can't, how can you go wrong with that song? You know, it's in the, one of the greatest baseball movies ever, The Sandlot, which, uh, you know, is a great movie, but it's 
I mean, it's an amazing song. So we just lost with that. We just lost the millennial often our audience because we didn't put party in the USA. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great song. I was tempted. I mean, I'm surprised right. that Eddie Murphy's I Wanna Party All the Time wasn't on there either. So <laughs> All right, that takes us to Landmark. Uh, the five landmarks are Mount Rushmore, Statue of Liberty, the Hollywood Sign, Golden Gate Bridge, and the Lincoln Memorial. So, it ain't going to be the Hollywood Sign. I don't understand why that's more American than anything else. Come on, guys. Um, I'm going to go straight up Statue of Liberty, you know? Lady Liberty, how can you bet against that? I'm I'm all in. I guess if we keep it in order angle, you get the second pick this round. So this is like when there's like a number one overall pick like Trevor Lawrence and then the rest of the quarterbacks just suck. That's how I felt about this category. It was clearly the Statue of Liberty and then everything else. That said, if I have to choose between these other American landmarks, again, just keeping my bombastic American approach going here. These other landmarks suck compared to Lady Liberty. So uh, I guess I'm going to go with the landmark that celebrates the presidents. May as well do that. The one that's in South Dakota, the one that nobody in America has ever visited, but we just love to claim it. So, yeah, that's that sounds good for me. What's 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 more American than picking the, the landmark that we promised to give back to a certain group of people than chose not to? They can not fit your theme. Hey, hey, we're gonna give it back to you. Nah. <laughs> oh, and we're also going to blow up half the mountain. Boom, fireworks. <laughs> well, since you're First going down that road, Morgan, go ahead and make your pick. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, I'm just gonna keep it simple and go for Lincoln Memorial. Um, nice. You see. DC memorial for a president who you know, freed the slaves and once again also tried to bring together a country that was not united. Fair enough. Logan? Well, look here. This is like the end of a draft where you, you might just pick some players that nobody's ever heard of because in because you know they're never you're never gonna put them in your starting lineup. That's what I'm left with. Two landmarks from California. But <laughs> Hollywood, more like Holly Weird. Give me the uh, the opening to Full House every day of the week over the Holly Weird sign, the Golden Gate Bridge. That's true. You didn't really the, think about the, that sa- <laughs> the saving grace is definitely the the uh, opening of that show. True. That's, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. What the fuck? All right, we've got one left. Miscellaneous. I'm- Miscellaneous is football, American Dream, NASCAR, the flag, and baseball. We're back around to you, Angle. Just randomly, I guess you get to go first. I get to go last on this one, so have at it, boys. Well, there's a lot of sports in here, but there's also the flag, and we know how the flag and sports go together. Well, guess what? Nobody does it better. I can have the flag, and I can have the most American sport. And I'm sorry, I'm I'm going out on this limb. It's NASCAR. Going going away. Soccer. That's Michael Jordan. That is hot dogs. That is what? Born in the USA. What else did I pick? Mount Rushmore and NASCAR. Just saying. Yeah. 
That sums it up. Very on brand. <laughs> Morgan, what do you got? Oh, I'm going to, it's an easy pick for me. Baseball. What's more American than baseball, man? NASCAR. <laughs> well, that, yes, that is true. But you picked NASCAR before I could. So next up is baseball. Um, I actually uh, got I to argue. I would argue with that. I would say baseball is more American than NASCAR, but I actually think they're, they're, they're actually tied. I mean, my no, there, there are no ties in America. It's baseball. <laughs> um, I actually got to go to a game at a Fenway Park of uh, July 4th weekend. I think it was 2010. Awesome. It was really cool. Um, slight note to that. Got to see the Boston Pops uh, play at the, I guess they call it the half shell down by the Charles River after the game, which is pretty cool. Very cool. Very cool Fourth of July experience, especially in the birthplace of a lot of stuff. Got hit. I almost got hammered at the original Cheers. <laughs> nice. All right, Logan. All right. So this one was actually probably the toughest field to pick from, in my opinion. But I'm going to go with a dark horse pick here. Just because of the guy that's in the thumbnail for this, it's why I picked it. Because I've wind and dined with kings and queens. I've slept in alleys and ate pork and beans. It's the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, daddy. So the American dream gets it for me. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, I like that. Pick. I have somehow oh. been able to work three uh, professional wrestler promos into this one episode, and it's awesome. <laughs> I'm here for it. You also compared something to apple or as American as apple pie and then crapped on apple pie like 20 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what we do. In, that we, we get to do that in America. We yeah. can say, use that. And then we can say the other thing's terrible and it doesn't matter. I thought it was great. Yeah. All right. So we've got football left on the board and the flag. I mean, come on, it's going to be the flag. Let's, let's be real here. Um, Beautiful, big American flag waving out in front of uh, Jeff Gordon Chevrolet, I reckon, as you ride into Wilmington or wherever the hell, because it's always the dealerships who have the big-ass American flags just blowing in the wind. What's more American than that? Come on. So, for me, it's cheeseburger, Statue of Liberty, American girl, the flag, and Forrest Gump. There's a little bit of one outlier on that on that list. And uh, for me, it's pizza living in America, the American dream, Hulk Hogan. And where was my other one at? I, I, the, yeah. The golden gate bridge. Yeah, my, <laughs> let's see. Mine was John F. Kennedy s'mores, uh, Lincoln Memorial. Uh, what else did I pack? Baseball. America, baseball. the beautiful and baseball. It's pretty solid. Yeah, I feel yeah. comfortable right. with my roster. Which I think I think two, two, which two, two of which two of mine are, are tied to the same lot, which is kind of cool. That's yeah, true. That's true. All right. I, well, I don't know. Should we have our uh, our multiple multitude of fans vote on who's the the best team? I think we should. I think we'll, we can make a Facebook poll, put all of our rosters up there on how we picked, show the graphic, and then uh, may the best man win. I like it. Let's do it. I agree. Let's do it. 
Logan, will you put it on Twitter too? Just so we yeah. can which yeah. one. That's, that'll be funny. Oh, yeah. Well, All happy right. Fourth of July. But speaking of things that are uniquely American, it's time for Florida or the field. Ooh. All right. Are you guys ready? This is a special no. Fourth of July one. Woman arrested for threatening to get McDonald's sauce, quote, by any means necessary. End of quote. End of headline. A woman wasn't loving it when she was arrested on New Year's Day because she couldn't get her desired dipping sauces, according to the county sheriff's office. Marie McLaughlin, 19, of this town, was arrested after threatening to rob a McDonald's at the corner of 20th Street and 58th Avenue. Sounds like it could be in the Midwest, potentially. According to the police report, after getting her food, McLaughlin requested extra dipping sauce with her order. The employee told McLaughlin the extra dipping sauce was 25 cents, at which point an argument ensued. McLaughlin further stated that she will be getting the sauce by whatever means necessary. However, he didn't specify what she meant by that, according to the police report. McLaughlin allegedly was yelling profanities at several employees, stating that she would, quote, rob this establishment, end of quote, if she didn't get her dipping sauces. Spoiler alert, she did not get her sauce, and the store was also not robbed. McLaughlin was taken into custody for disorderly conduct. She needed to be placed in the mechanical restraints by the arresting officers because she was blocking her legs, refusing to walk forward, and demanding her sauces, according to the report. This definitely helps. She was transported to the county jail for processing. Was so, she on anything? Can we, can we get that? I, it, it doesn't. It didn't say an article. I promise. I'm gonna say Florida. Yeah, I'm going Florida on this one. Field. It's definitely Vero Beach, Florida. <laughs> By any means necessary. By any means necessary, and she needed those sauces so bad she was willing to be mechanically restrained. Did you pick this? Did you pick this to uh, to mirror? Um, because Jenny's old last name and to marry her if if you could get her fired up. Just figured maybe it was a distant relative or cousin. <laughs> Grant, granted, this could have happened anywhere, to be honest. I did see a screenshot of her mugshot, and she is not a ginger. So um, it could have been anybody, really. Really anybody. Probably not a distant relative. <laughs> so It's possible. Anything's possible. Did she look like she might need new dental work? No, she was. No. She looked. She's. I don't know. Nineteen or whatever it said. No, so normal looking. Not not on on any bad substances. I, I think she's having a bad day. I think she was drunk. If it was really a bad day. day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I believe, however many we've done of these, that's all Florida so far. <laughs> so far. Florida has taken, taken it to the field for sure. Happy 4th of July, Florida. <laughs> the land of freedom. <laughs> and lots of meth. <laughs> All right. So moving into the anchor topic, as I have liked to coin it, uh, the Omaha Screwjob. So <laughs> as people have probably, anybody that has spoken to me within the last two weeks has known, you know, everybody was happy about NC State baseball until we were removed from the tournament reason we were removed were some, uh, we had, um, a handful of COVID positive 
players. And so let me kind of walk through the timeline of what happened here. Uh, they uh, a week ago on Monday they played Vanderbilt, beat them one to nothing, and then I I remember watching an interview on Pack Pride with uh, Sam Highfield after he threw a, a fantastic game against them. Elliot Avent was on there, and Coach Avent made a comment that JT Jarrett was suffering from some type of like bug. Uh, on that Tuesday or Wednesday, he he was kind of like having some symptoms of like a cold or something like that. And um, so that was kind of the first indication I was thinking. And I remember thinking in the back of my mind, you know, please don't let this be a COVID situation. I was like, we're, we're literally one game from the national championship. Don't let this be COVID. Well, we found out later in the week, <clears throat> we had a, a matchup again against Vanderbilt on Friday. Um, we found out that JT Jarrett, the second baseman, did test positive for COVID. He was uh, quarantined and sent away from the team so to try to mitigate spreading risks. And then his roommate was put into quarantine uh, COVID protocol, and Evan Justice was ruled ineligible as well. And he ended up eventually testing positive also. So what we ended up having was Friday, uh, by the what I've been trying to aggregate from all the articles I've read, the unvaccinated players had to go get tested, cause as is the... Um, the policy of the NCAA for the for, since I believe April uh, for all their sports and it, it's been kind of held throughout the the NCAA tournament for baseball. The unvaccinated players had to be taken to the Marriott on Friday to be tested. They were actually on the field warming up, and then they made the guys leave the stadium to go to the Marriott to get tested. The vaccinated players, of which there were thirteen, um, based on what the report was, they played against Vanderbilt with a shortened roster. NC State petitioned the NCAA to push it back to Saturday and play a doubleheader. And their reasoning was like you would do if there was a, a rain out. The NCAA said no, said that you have an option. You can forfeit or you can play with a, a shortened roster. Coach Avent left it up to the team and he said it took them about six seconds to decide they were going to play. They put up a hell of a fight, uh, lost three to one to Vanderbilt. So we, we had the next matchup on Saturday. What was being reported from PAC sources while the kids were getting tested was that they got tested for COVID. Uh, all the unvaccinated players tested negative. They were, but they were not able to process it in time for them to be able to return to the stadium in order for them to be cleared to play because the testing site was away from uh, the ballpark. Then on Saturday, um, everybody was under the impression going to bed that night that NC State, as long as there were no positive tests uh, in the morning from the kids that were unvaccinated, the game was going to be on on Saturday. A lot of the roster would be back, Sands, Jarrett, and Justice. Well, then at 2.10 a.m. in the morning, the NCAA releases a statement in the most chicken shit way possible on Twitter at 2 in the morning. Their statement said that uh, NC State was basically uh, versus Vanderbilt was ruled in no contest. And they said the decision was made based on the recommendation of the championship medical team and the Douglas County Health Department. They said the result would be, uh, push Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt to advance to the College World Series finals. Well, turns out that that was a very misleading statement because what the later on in the uh, weekend, the Douglas County Health Department released a statement through their spokesman, Phil Rooney, who said that the health department did not recommend NC State's removal, but told the NCAA the department would support whatever decision the NCAA made. So if you're going to make that statement, don't make it, don't frame it like you're, you, you came to a joint decision because the public health department at Douglas County and in, in Omaha, Nebraska did not recommend removing PAC. What ended up happening was all of the unvaccinated kids that were still left tested negative. But that, then as is uh, the policy, when you have multiple COVID positive uh, people on the team, they tested the vaccinated kids who had been up to this point exempt from testing. Four of the 13 kids 
tested positive with no symptoms for COVID-19. And according to the CDC, the statistical likelihood that four vaccinated players out of that short of amount of people testing positive was likely not necessarily the case, but it, their test came out positive. Well, sources close to PAC program said that there was a testing uh, issue during the Ruston Regional with the NC State, and they tested some of the vaccinated kids in Ruston. One of the um, vaccinated players tested positive in Ruston, but then they tested him again. He was negative. He was cleared to play. This time around, they did not test the vaccinated kids more than once. They were one and done, and they were, and because of the number accumulating and some of the vaccinated kids testing positive, NC State was then uh, removed from the tournament. I'm about to open it up to see you know, like your guys' takes on this, but that's kind of like the timeline of what happened. Vanderbilt, um, it has been reported that Vanderbilt did uh, have to go through testing and because of contact tracing being on the field um, before their game. Uh, they were tested on Saturday to make sure and then none tested positive. So at least they did follow through with that. I, I, my biggest issues is the NCAA one. It was the, the way they handled this was, was ridiculous. It was a cluster. They, the transparency and the communication was terrible. Um, Coach Avent said that he still doesn't even really know what exactly happened. It was this was, they handled this in the worst possible way. And not only did they handle it bad, but the hypocrisy on behalf of the NCAA of if you're really worried about safety and, and health of people, it, as the, is their stated reason, they have they immediately are tone deaf and, and on Twitter they're touting how many uh, the attendance records that are being broken. Like after saying that it was unsafe for these players to play and dis discrediting and, and disqualifying a team that it worked so hard to get here and that was actually in a really good position to possibly be able to play for a national championship. They start tweeting things about 22,000, 24,000 people there. No testing, no vaccinations uh, that we know of. Like no, There were no requirements. It, it was completely plausible for these kids that NC State couldn't play, but they could buy a ticket and go and watch the national championship game. The, the utter hypocrisy and the, uh, the bungled response and lack of communication transparency is is completely infuriating to me it's infuriating to wolfpack nation as a whole as a fan base that is has uh longed for so long to be in a position to be able to play for a national championship and have an actually a really good shot at at winning it because vanderbilt and mississippi state were both going into the championship hitting about 215 batting average and nc state was by far playing the best baseball consistently over the teams that were left when it comes to offense and pitching combined and it, it's just it's a travesty what happened and I'm furious about it because I, I do think that there was another option. I think they should have pushed everything off to Saturday, done a doubleheader, and the kids that were negative should have been allowed to play, even with a shortened roster. At least give us a chance to lose it on the field with a depleted roster than to just it be taken away. And a lot of these kids' dreams of, of winning a national championship in Omaha cut short overnight at 2.10 in the morning on Twitter. Anyways. Thoughts? I mean, I have the notes uh, on inconsistencies, but yeah, go ahead, Dustin. Yeah, I mean, I think the worst part is I understand. So my understanding is the reason that they decided to text the vaccinated players was because there started to be a, more positives on the team. Part of the protocol is if it starts to look like an outbreak as you test everybody. So that's okay. And I didn't know, and I hadn't really looked for it to be fair, that they had tested Vandy. That was a little bit of a sticking point for me. I'm glad that they did because yeah. it would have been some, some BS if they didn't. But it's but the fact that I was not sure if they – the fact that I could believe that they wouldn't tells you what 
you know, you think about the NCAA. Um, I think the biggest issue is either the tests are accurate or they're not. So if you knew if they tested people and had results and yes, there were some, uh, some positives, but you had negative players who could have played, you should have played baseball game. State very likely would have lost. Um, but who knows? We don't know because we didn't play the baseball game. We just in the middle of the night called it a no contest. And I think that was the worst part about it from what I've read um, from folks in the, on the state side of things. It, it was mainly a communication thing that they were mad about. They were mad about like the whole way the whole situation went down, um, how the NCAA didn't really share information or process with them in a way that made sense. And you can't blame them, especially with like Logan laid out the timeline here and sort of what went, what went on. Um, I think that's my biggest thing. It's like they should have played the games. They should have found a way to, to make it happen. Um, I did read about the doubleheader idea. I thought that was a great idea. They, they should have moved forward with that. Um, but it is just like a weather situation. You know, sometimes when something happens, you got to figure out a way to work around this. You're in a champion. You, this isn't the first round, you know, like when VCU basketball had to go home because they tested positive and couldn't go in the bubble for the NCAA tournament. This is the final four teams trying to play. And I just, I don't think it was handled very well. Um, you can argue about all kinds of different aspects of it, but that, that part really made me mad. And like, you know, I, I partially cheer for state because of my brother, but I feel like if it was any team, I would feel the same way, except for Carolina. Wouldn't care about it then. <laughs> I I agree. Um, <clears throat> I think they could have, you know, if anything, just delay the game a day or two to find out and make sure people, the, you know, the test results come back accurate. I mean, look, what was it with NFL? They postponed a game. How many times? How many times for the Steelers? Was it was it the Steelers and the Ravens game? They postponed it multiple times just so they could yep. make sure it got played. Yep. You know, so they obviously can do it for teams they want to do it for. So that just shows your favoritism right there with, when it comes to crap like this. But I really think they could have just delayed the game. If anything, done the doubleheader, it, it could have been played and. The decision they made was was fast and not the best choice. The thing that gets me too is they allowed them to play after there was a positive test and another kid that ended up testing positive on Friday with a depleted roster, right? And NC State still almost won that game. Why couldn't they have done that again on Saturday with the kids that tested negative? Like I've heard directly on Twitter uh, from two of the kids that were. Um, on the team, one of them a pitcher, one of them the DH, and they their parents have tweeted that their kids tested negative six times in a four day span, and they were not allowed to play Friday or Saturday. I mean, it's what's the point of having tests and having protocols if just because they were unvaccinated and they still tested negative that they were withheld? Utterly ridiculous. It was bungled by the NCAA. And it, getting away from like the facts of the situation, I, I, I want an honest answer from everybody on this. Like, if this was the college football playoff, right? And Alabama has a position group, and say it's not even an important position group, but a position group that has a mild outbreak amongst them. You think the NCAA is telling Nicholas Lou Saban that his team is going to be disqualified? Hell no, they're not. No. I mean, 
It's just it's because of who we are. We we are, are are not one of the premier programs, and like there's obvious like you've seen it. The NCAA has a history of depending on what the program is, giving different rulings for whether you're a have or a have not. And NC State is a have not, and the NCAA doesn't give two dams about all that. Well, I mean, even closer to home, I think if it was flipped and Bandy had a couple positives, they would have been more cautious. I mean, Bandy's a premier team. They were trying to go. They were going for back-to-back championships because there was no championship last year, and they won in 2019. Mm-hmm. I think they would have given them much more of a benefit of a doubt. And they got the number one pitcher in in college baseball right now, right? Possibly top two in the top five. Yeah. So they they wanted them, and they wanted them in the in the World Series bad. I guess I can speak to some of the inconsistencies that I saw. I read a decent bit about this this week after the fact, because I wanted to get some of the opinions and some of the facts. There's a great USA Today article that lays out the timeline almost exactly as Logan said. One of the things that I took away from that article is they texted the coach at 2 o'clock in the morning, the NC State coach. The Vanderbilt coach happened to sleep through the night because his phone is on Do Not Disturb. Imagine that before a big game. Uh, the NC State coach answered his phone wondering if it was related to COVID. And then he stayed up for the rest of the night um, trying to think of how he had to break the news to the players in the morning. I don't um, – I've spent some sleepless nights before. I, I would not have wanted to have done that. He basically said he talked to his wife for four hours on trying to figure out the right way to do that. Incidentally, um, based on that article that I read, props go out. I know we mentioned that the guy gave the Wolfpack sign from Vandy. Props go out to Vanderbilt. From everything I read from them, they basically said, we were interested in playing NC State. We wanted to play them. They felt like it was complete and utter horse crap because they were in the same place as NC State. And they knew they're probably the only people that know exactly what it was like to have that taken away from them because they were on the exact same field trying to do the exact same thing. To that point, I know for a fact because Vanderbilt, and we don't have to dive into the controversy of this, because Vanderbilt's a private school, they did require their athletes to be vaccinated. That's the only reason. Why probably most of their athletes, or excuse me, I'll use actual facts. All of their athletes tested on Saturday and none of them tested positive. It probably is because all of their athletes were required to be vaccinated. However, that leads to the inconsistencies. Logan, you mentioned the crowd. There's no social distancing measures in the crowd. Leads me to believe that it's a money thing. More importantly, if all of Vandy's players were vaxxed, and we believe in the fact that vaccinated players can't or won't have a, 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 a bad reaction to this, then I don't understand why it matters if NC State had unvaccinated players. And the reason why I'm saying that is because if the unvaccinated players were testing positive and we're making the positive players test positive, I hate to be like a realist, but if you follow the science of this, and we believe that vaccinations can't spread among vaccinated people, and we don't care about the crowd because we're inviting them to the stadium, then I'm a little confused as to why NC State didn't get to play. And I'm not usually the one that's arguing for people to be reckless when it comes to their bodies. I just, it just doesn't make sense to me that if one team's completely vaccinated, the other team is vaccinated and has players that aren't testing positive. I don't really understand. And the crowd has, uh, by the way, the vaccination rate in, in the city. Now, this doesn't really count because people, fans come in from out of town and everything else. The vaccination rate in the city is 50%. And there were no laws or anything like that. So this is one of those things where I look at it and I say, 
this just doesn't make consistent sense because you're saying one thing to get one team off the field and yet you're allowing everyone to be in the stands and you're saying something else to have another team be on the field. It's just props to the Vanderbilt players for doing the best they could and standing up and trying to say what they could to make the situation as palatable as possible, but for crying out loud. Uh, incidentally, my one of my biggest takeaways was NC State kept saying that they had to get their players home safely. If your players aren't safe enough to play on an open air baseball field, I'm a little curious, like where they're safe enough to be. Did they stay in a hotel room for two weeks? Did NC State now have to charter a bus to get their kids home? I mean, like what, like so what they I, I what, what, all, what they ended up doing was somebody chartered a private jet for the team, the vaccine, uh, the covid positive kids and but to your point on the vaccinations right the thing is that everybody keeps glossing over in the media and everything was the what sunk the game was for it wasn't any of the unvaccinated kids the four new positive cases were four vaccinated kids and statistically like i said it's that's unlikely it's not impossible but it's unlikely so why were they not allowed to have a second test to confirm I mean, I just don't understand why. What was the harm in that? If you're if you're going to be testing on these players to ensure their safety or whatever the stated reason is, and the four kid, all the unvaccinated kids that were left tested negative, but the four four of thirteen vaccinated kids test positive, like why not give them a second test? I mean, and then the NCAA themselves have stated before coming uh, before this whole thing even went down that there has been zero evidence of transmissibility and people catching COVID from playing on a baseball field. So if that's even the case and you're still worried about some incubation periods with people who may be tested negative and still uh, incubating in their bodies, if the risk is literally next to nothing stated by the NCAA's uh, medical team, what's the harm in playing the game? That's the key point. We're not coming on here and saying science. We're coming on here and saying, if you stated that it's okay for them to play, then why are you going against what you stated was okay for them to play? Exactly. It's inconsistent across the board. If it's not safe for fans to be in the stadium, why are you bragging about the attendance records? It just, none of this shit makes any sense anymore. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. Excuse my language. Yeah. Well, and they should have, you should have bent over backwards to want the event to happen. So when you get to the point of that level, you're nearly competing for potentially winning a national championship. Yes. Have safety protocols. And, and if you need to put, you know, you got to make call that they can't play. That's okay. But you know, Logan's point over here about like, it seems unlikely that four vaccinated players test positive. You seems like you could say, Hey guys, maybe we should like do another round of this and see what happens. Maybe we should investigate this further. Hell even push the game back a little bit. Like it wouldn't have been the end of the world. Um, I don't know. They, they could have figured out a better way. It's the point. I think that's the, that what pisses everybody off instead of just saying, Nope, sorry, you're out. Move on. And, and, and in, in a sense, you know, Angle, you kind of mentioned this. It does suck for the players on Vandy a little bit because I immediately was like, nope, hope you lose. And it, it really wasn't 100% there, the, the players. The players, lost. not their coach, because Tim Corbett's a bitch. Yeah, I, I know he was pushing for some of this stuff. But the, the players themselves, you know, are going to call probably a lot of flack across America because, and it really wasn't their fault. So that sucks for them too. Um, I'm, I'm willing to admit that, but you know, and NC State shit. 
reared its head, as Logan might say. Yeah, and uh, this time it wasn't anything they really could do about it. It wasn't choking on the field or on the court. It was just something beyond their control completely. I mean, non-COVID related, but another reason why the NCAA and the College World Series Committee is a joke. They released the College World Series, um, the all-CWS team. Sam Highfield didn't make the team. He didn't get recognized. Sam Highfield pitched against, uh, went toe-to-toe with Jack Leiter. And actually, if you don't look at anything, if you look at all the other numbers besides strikeouts, he outpitched Jack Leiter. And not only that, he had to play first base against Vanderbilt on Friday. Hadn't had an, uh, uh, an at-bat in two years since he was in high school. He stopped taking batting practice this year. And the kid went three for four. Like, you're telling me that wasn't worthy of at least a mention on the All-College World Series team? To be fair, he went three for three to start the game, and it yeah. went three for four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three straight hits after, uh, after not taking an at-bat in two years. The kid can't get recognized. Yeah, I actually, so after last night's game, we had it on and I was kind of like half paying attention to it. And then they did their like little like one shining moment. You know, they call it something else, but it was like their little one shining moment video. And it had almost no NC State highlights at all. And I was like, I just thought it was telling to to your point about like even even that felt petty and felt um I get maybe going heavy on Mississippi State, but you know, State had a really hell of a magical run, and like they, I think they had like one one good highlight, and then any other highlight they were in, it was kind of an afterthought. It was kind of like, oh, they were in it because Vandy was in it or somebody else, and it just felt like a slight. Maybe I'm looking for slights because of what's happened this week, but you know, that's what it felt like watching it. Yeah, I mean, I. Definitely agree on that. It, it, but then again, like I, I tried to sometimes pull myself back because it, we have uh, this. It's it's a mindset with us because it seems like this shit happen. We're more snake pitting than almost any program in the country on everything, and it's just like at some point this has to end. This year had all the feeling like it was going to end, and then this shit happens. I mean, I I don't even know. It, I'm just glad that the fan base. What's cool about Wolfpack Nation is the fan base could easily, after all of this disappointment and then this happening, like, they easily could have just, like, not cared and been apathetic towards it. But instead, when the kids came home, 2,000 people came to Doak uh, uh, Field at Dale Park and welcomed the team home at 9 p.m. at night. They had an impromptu rally out there. Like, it's, it's incredible, you know, <laughs> that this fan base is as passionate as it is for really having nothing to really say or show for it. Yeah, well, I heard. Uh, I heard NC State's getting upgrades to their baseball field, though. I heard the so. they've, they've been talking about that for ten years. Uh, well, no, actually, I think it's it's actually happening. I think they're dope putting like ten million dollars into it or something. The News and Observer had an article about it. The quote was, "The, kids, the kids deserve it." Yep, <laughs> but I think they're. I think it is actually happening. Hopefully, they do because our baseball facilities, for as good as our program is, is is a, abysmal. We're coming up on a year of this podcast, and I can't wait for another year of finding out and they can lose a game in some weird-ass way. I didn't believe this was true up until last August, and now I've just watched it live, mainly because I'm curious to know what we're going to say on the podcast. And I'll sit there and watch, and it's like, and then he fumbled and fell out of bounds. And I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. 
<laughs> I I called it. Remember, you were watching the NC State Miami game. We were up by like two touchdowns, and then we we got uh, the Miami cut the lead to seven, and I was like, I, I texted you guys, and I was like, ah, stick a fork in us, we're done. And you were like, you're, you're still winning. Pick six, next play. I was like, I, I've seen this movie before. I know when <laughs> the wind is taken out of the sails, and I know what's inevitably going to happen. It's bad enough that my wife will sit there and if there's an NC State thing on, she's like, how do you think they'll lose? And I'm like, I, I and we watch. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> uh, sorry, buddy. Yeah, hey, look, I, I, it's the, uh, the path I chose. At least the Braves are rolling reckless. At least the Braves and Redskins are good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And at least the Yankees are, are tanking it. Yeah, that's one one shining light, I guess. The Yankees suck this year. George Chap- Chapman blew a what was it? They had an eight. There's what eight to four, and then in the eighth inning, ninth inning, and and uh, they gave up a grand slam, and then Chapman just kept ta- just kept blowing it. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, everybody loves it when the Yankees lose. So, well, Morgan, I think you've got a cancel corner for us, don't you? I do. And it's perfect for this time of the year. So, with that said, welcome back to another rousing episode of Morgan's Canceled Corner. Canceled. <laughs> so, it's that wonderful time of the year again where we get to celebrate the independence of our country. Fourth of July. And what do we get to do on that day? We get the day off, depending on where you work. We get to eat hot dogs and hamburgers, play at the pool. We get to go watch baseball, you know, all kinds of fun stuff. And we, what do we get to finish it off with at the end of that day? Fireworks. Fireworks are amazing. It's, you know, fortunately, we look forward to that every year, whether you're on your back porch, on your dock, downtown Wilmington, elbow to elbow with people, you, you know, downtown DC, Carolina, Beach. Park, Carolina Beach, or your parking garage, watching the fireworks go off. And I love fireworks, especially the ones from Myrtle Beach. You know, as a kid growing up, we'd go down to Myrtle Beach, and the thing we would do on the way out of town is hit up the fireworks store and spend a ton of money on on fireworks that would just would blow your hand off two ways from Sunday looking worse than JPP. Uh, they believe in freedom in South Carolina. <laughs> With that said, there are certain areas of this country or areas that we live in that have um, what they consider fireworks and what I consider uh, children's toys. <laughs> You go to Virginia or North Carolina, and now all of a sudden you see these firework tents in the Walmart parking lot, and you go over there, got these big boxes. Oh, yo, get your firework packet right here. And you look at it, it's like, I see some zipper whistles and bottle rockets and little, you know, army tanks that you light it, and it moves like one second, makes a whistle sound, and then burns up. You know, it's a... it's 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 insane it's it's the fireworks suck i'm sorry they're horrible the fireworks in north carolina and virginia are horrible because of their laws they can't sell the good stuff you know the really good stuff the the mortars the uh the 45 box where you light it and it goes off you know 30 40 minutes 
all kinds of crap blowing up out of it. And so my cancel corner this week is the horrible fireworks that are sold in North Carolina and Virginia. Nobody yep. wants nobody wants to play with with a bottle rocket that's like it's more like a sparkler. It, it, basically, it's a sparkler. Exactly, does it's a sparkler that flies into the air and does nothing. We I I hundred percent concur. I've twice, once with Brett many many years ago when we were here, we bought fireworks and there's a little volleyball court out behind where we live, and we were like, oh, we'll shoot them off there. Basically, just a little sparkler that went off. We could have lit that in the apartment. And then yeah. uh, Chris and I were going up to um, our buddy Harney's like uh, New York weekend on the river. I'm blanking on the name of it, but it's uh, Landers, yes. And uh, we bought like this big pack of fireworks because we thought they were going to be good fireworks. It had mm-hmm. it, it had the dizzy tizzy in it. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, man, this is going to be great. And all of them were terrible. And we saved the dizzy tizzy for last, last thinking, like, hey, this is going to be good. We lit it, and it was just basically like some colors barely spitting out of the top of it. It was horrible. Yeah. But yes, I can't. I agree with this. It's, it's horrible. They got those little tiny things that look like a, you know, like a miniature mortar. And you put your light in, it's like, and it like shoots like one little sparkle. and. Fizzles off, then gives like a bunch of little smoke bombs that like shoot out a little bit of blue light and then dies off. Like, no, I'm done with it. Like allow us the good stuff. I don't want to travel four hours to Myrtle Beach every year just to get fireworks. Don't get me wrong, I love going to Myrtle Beach, but you know, I, I, I if I want good fireworks, I don't want to have to drive all the way there just for that. Yeah, so, that ain't America. Where's the freedom? Heck no. So you're not. If so you're this not week, going to be able to scare your neighbor's dog. You really just want to scare him with as much firepower as possible if you're paying for it. Yeah. Look, I want to be able to buy the same kind of crap that they're going to shoot off in Boston on Fourth of July. All right. <laughs> Sorry. If 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 JPP can get a FedEx truck full of fireworks that can blow his hand off, I want to be able to do that too. Oh yeah, the kind of fireworks that you know they they. Do for the Fourth of July at Mount Rushmore. Oh wait, that's not happening this year. <laughs> but so that is my cancel this week. The horrible Walmart parking lot packet. You know, Virginia, North Carolina fireworks that just it, the display in the box looks great, but you buy it and it's it ain't worth two pennies when you set them off. So that's my cancel corner this week. Horrible fireworks. Tune in next time for a wonderful, rousing episode of Morgan's Cancelled Corner. Same cancelled channel, same cancelled time. Cancel. Well, it's been a hell of a podcast because the NCAA sucks. I want to leave it on that note. (laughs) For this episode of Miserable and Reckless, I'm Logan Zinnier with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan, and we will see you next time. Happy July, Vandy. (laughs) 